October 2nd, Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 21. Yet I, Paul, could have confidence in myself if anyone could. If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. For I was circumcised when I was eight days old, having been born into a pure-blooded Jewish family that is a branch of the tribe of Benjamin. So I am a real Jew if there ever was one. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees, who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And zealous? Yes, in fact, I harshly persecuted the church, and I obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that I was never accused of any fault. I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I may have Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own goodness or my ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. As a result, I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I can learn what it means to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that somehow I can experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things, or that I have already reached perfection, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. I hope all of you who are mature Christians will agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must be sure to obey the truth we have learned already. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine, and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Their future is eternal destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and all they think about is this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take these weak, mortal bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same mighty power that He will use to conquer everything, everywhere. This week's Bible meditation is going to be Isaiah 61.4 And they shall build the old wastes, They shall rise up in the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Good morning, Refuge Brothers. Uh, My name is Anthony Ward. I'm 42 years old. I'm in Phase 2. 
Um, my story is pretty much like a lot of ours. Um, I'm from small town USA. Um, I lived a rather abusive childhood, a rather angry childhood. Um, 16 years old, I left home. Um, lost, broken, busted, disgusted. Didn't know which way to turn. Um, pretty much spent a season with just about any drug imaginable and probably something that you've never heard of. Um, my whole life I had craved tremendously and was always, my flesh was always so hungry and so thirsty and no matter how much I ate, no matter how much I drank, the hungrier I got, the thirstier I got. You know, my flesh literally devoured me. You know, so my whole life I addressed my hunger and my, my, my thirst um, the wrong way. You know, I thought drugs and alcohol had ruined my life and drugs and alcohol didn't ruin my life. Sin had ruined my life. So, you know, like anything else, we, it, I, I tried to see a doctor or I tried to see a dentist or a psychologist or whatever to get fixed for my pain. And there's only one person we can see to get, get fixed for our pain and, and, and that's Jesus Christ. Over the last couple of years of my life, Probably the lowest point of my life, or, or much rather should I say the highest point of my life. Um, I suffered great loss, tremendous loss over the past couple years. Um, that led me up to coming to the refuge. Um, you know, once I got to the refuge um, of, of sober mind and of sound mind, um, God started to speak to me. And, you know, sometimes we, we don't think God's talking to us. It's just sometimes we're not listening. So as God started to reveal things to me, he, he had revealed to me that I should thank him and I, that I should praise him for the loss of my wife and kids and for the loss of my mother. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand why. You know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this brother is tripping. What do you mean thank him and praise him for the loss of my wife and kids? and through the loss of my mother. And then as he continued to reveal things to me, he, he had revealed to me through the pain, through the loss, through the suffering, through times over the past couple of years when I wanted to take my own life, that I felt like I had nothing to live for. He gave me salvation. Through the loss of my wife and kids, God gave me salvation. Through the loss of my mother, God gave me salvation. He showed me grace. He showed me mercy. I screamed out to him and he embraced my heart. I was so lost. And, and when he revealed that to me, I understood finally that through that loss and that pain that I suffered, if I wouldn't have went through that, I would have stayed complacent living in sin and I would have died in my flesh and went to hell but through the pain and the suffering I wretched for God and he saved me and now my soul will no longer go to hell it will go to heaven a promise that he gives us a life of eternity with him I just I want to encourage you brothers 
Being a Christian is not easy. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Taking the, lo- the road less traveled can be painful sometimes. But we serve a God of miracles and a mighty God. And I want to encourage each and one of you brothers to, to please don't conform to the world. Don't, don't conform to the ways around you. Because his promise and his guarantees all in black and white in that book. And it's a promise of love and grace and of mercy. I genuinely love each and every one of you with my whole heart. Thank you and God bless you. Finding peace with the past can be a challenge, whether it be a decision you regret or forgiving someone who wronged you. It is important to deal with the past so it cannot have power over the present or the future. Imagine it like riding a bicycle. If you keep looking behind or focusing straight down, you will inevitably end up crashing into something. It's important to keep looking forward and engage in new things that God is doing. An important way to make peace with past hurts is to choose forgiveness. When you forgive someone who hurt you, it doesn't mean that you approve of what has happened. Rather, it means you are giving yourself permission to move on with your life. Your beautiful past is good for two things, to learn from and to enjoy the life that God has given. Psalm 74, verses 1 through 23, a Psalm of Asaph. O God, why have you rejected us forever? Why is your anger so intense against the sheep of your own pasture? Remember that we are the people you chose in ancient times, the tribe you redeemed as your own special possession. And remember Jerusalem, your home here on earth. Walk through the awful ruins of the city. See how the enemy has destroyed your sanctuary. There your enemies shouted their victorious battle cries. There they set up their battle standards. They chopped down the entrance like woodcutters in a forest, with axes and picks. They smashed the carved paneling. They set the sanctuary on fire, burning it to the ground. They utterly defiled the place that bears your holy name. Then they thought, Let's destroy everything. So they burned down all the places where God was worshipped. We see no miraculous signs as evidence that you will save us. All the prophets are gone. No one can tell us when it will end. How long, O God, will you allow our enemies to mock you? Will you let them dishonor your name forever? Why do you hold back your strong right hand? Unleash your powerful fist and deliver a death blow. You, O God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. You split the sea by your strength and smashed the sea monsters' heads. You crushed the heads of Leviathan and let the desert animals eat him. You caused the springs and streams to gush forth, and you dried up rivers that never run dry. Both day and night belong to you. You made the starlight and the sun. You set the boundaries of the earth, and you make both summer and winter. See how these enemies scoff at you, Lord. A foolish nation has dishonored your name. Don't let these wild beasts destroy your doves. 
Don't forget your afflicted people forever. Remember your covenant promises, for the land is full of darkness and violence. Don't let the downtrodden be constantly disgraced. Instead, let these poor and needy ones give praise to your name. Arise, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how these fools insult you all day long. Don't overlook these things your enemies have said. Their uproar of rebellion grows even louder. Proverbs 24, verses 15 and 16. Do not lie in wait like an outlaw at the home of the godly, and don't raid the house where the godly live. They may trip seven times, but each time they will rise again. But one calamity is enough to lay the wicked low.